As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive to the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Y'all hearing my voice already? We start with headline news and journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. Coach Wiley is in the building and his voice is somewhere outside, but man... Welcome to the show. Y'all know we're going to have an amazing show because I had an amazing weekend, and that's why the vocal cords are stressed. But right now, let's get into it. And y'all know we always start off with, what's up with that dude? Well, it started getting compromised, my voice, because of basketball on Saturday. We had our first game this year, and we had to play the defending champions who tried to run a slick one and change the name of their team. But I knew those little itty-bitties out there were familiar. That was the team that beat us in the championship game last year. All right, so we get out there. My guy's a little nervous. Why? Because they're seven. And they're playing this championship team that is well-gelled, been together forever. And they got some eight-year-olds, maybe even a nine-year-old sneaking in there with that birth certificate. So they come out. They jump up on us. Eight. Eight to zero. Now, I know y'all like that's only four baskets let me tell you, when you're seven years old, eight to zero is like 80 to zero, right? So I'm sitting there like, oh no, is this how our team going to look this year? No, it's not. All of a sudden, my boy started the ball. MJ was playing well, but my boy, Jaden Buss, woo, next level. Yes. So coach's sons, both of our sons started to ignite, started to respond. And next thing you know, we end up beating that team. But I'm not telling y'all that to impress y'all or to make y'all say, oh, what a great coach I am. I'm going to tell y'all how I am teaching these kids character and the other team wasn't. Next thing you know, they got a technical foul. At seven years old, they got a technical foul because of taunting and saying and one and upstaging the ref. They lost the game because they lost their cool. And then after the game, they didn't want to shake hands. Not all of them. Most kids did. But the star players didn't. The coach's sons from the other team didn't. Crying and all that. And I was looking at the coach like, you better force your son to shake hands. But instead, he just let him be him. And that's why that kid right now doesn't have the highest of character. Even though he's a skilled player, you can see he got game. Boy, he better fix them inside. So, 
All that said, we beat a team, and not only did we beat them, we kind of took their heart in the same breath. Next day, got football. Now, that wasn't fair. Uh, we go out there in football. We run up the score, and we didn't try to. Trust me, I was handing the ball to kids that usually run backwards in practice. But in the game, they were balling out of control. We won that game 48-0. to I don't even want to talk about it. Took my boy to Dave & Buster's because, hey, he went undefeated for the weekend, plus we went to see his cousin play some basketball. These AAU kids out there, 14-18, to 18, how many 6-10 kids can hop over the backboard? I saw at least 30 of them yesterday. Insane. The future of sports, greater, brighter than ever. All right, speaking of basketball and where these kids are really aspiring to go, let's have a little tour around the NBA playoffs. Let's start off with, I don't know, the Clippers <laughs> and the Suns, who were heavily favored in that matchup. No Paul George, obviously. But what happened in that game? You saw the intensity of Russell Westbrook setting the tone defensively, not backing down to KD, taking on that assignment. And you saw the greatness of Mr. Low management himself, Kawhi Leonard. What he dropped? 38? Kawhi's like, look, it's been a couple years since I've been in the playoffs, uh, but don't let that fool you. I am still one of the best players in the game. That was amazing. We also saw Russell Westbrook with a fan confrontation. We'll discuss that later. But it was just amazing to see because I left the game saying, one, are we going to really beat the Phoenix Suns without Paul George? Because he is ruled out for this entire series. I was like, wow. And then, and I'm looking in the comments for this one, who is really better right now? KD or Kawhi Leonard? Think about that. Devin Booker, throw his name in there as well. Kawhi Leonard, he doesn't play enough, right? He doesn't play all the time. He's not available. But damn it, when he is out there, who is more effective? Who is more efficient than Kawhi Leonard? That was next level. And let's also talk about the other team from Los Angeles that, to me, whoa, went out there and surprised many. Looked like they surprised themselves when you talk about the Lakers beating the Grizzlies. And we saw injuries, obviously, with John Moran in that game. But, ooh, the Lakers. If Austin Reeves is going to lead the charge and the King and Anthony Davis, who got hurt again but did come back, it could sit back and play second, third fiddle and let Austin Reeves and those guys go out there and get it, Lakers look dangerous right there. So that was an interesting game as well. Saw him out there balling. And then, you know, the joke started to fly, how LeBron always knows who he should get on his team. He did he know about Russell Westbrook when he got Russell Westbrook on the team. But the point being, Lakers look really good in that matchup as well. Grizzlies, y'all in trouble. John Morant, when's he coming back? Got to figure that out. Phoenix, y'all should be stressed out. Y'all should be worried. Why? Y'all actually look good in that game. But good wasn't good enough. And that's a team that is undermanned without Paul George. Be careful over there. Rest of the games, you know, we saw the Heat and Bucks injuries again. Giannis is hurt, right? Tyler Hero, he's done. Fractured his wrist. How is that series going to play out? You know, you saw Miami Heat have a great game. Are they going to keep that up, especially without Tyler Hero for the entire game? How is that going to play out? Giannis, how's the bat? Is he going to come back soon or is he going to come back too late? Other than that, we got tonight, we're going to see the Sixers and the Nets. Kings and the Warriors again. That first game was epic. 
Can't wait to see that. Ain't nobody talking about Denver. Ain't nobody talking about that game we saw. It was like, whatever, Denver, Timberlands, Minnesota. Y'all go watch that game on ESPN4. Who cares about that one? But I'm excited. And we took a fast tour around the NBA and AAU and even our little peewee itty bitty league. Look for us, man. So far, still undefeated. About to talk about the homie, Brody, Russell Westbrook. And some anonymous fan that is not so anonymous anymore. You guys saw this. It's been everywhere since that game occurred. Okay, so Russell Westbrook got into a heated, I mean heated confrontation with a fan Sunday night. And at one point had to tell the fan, hey, quote, watch your mouth, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, yes, they bleeped it out. I didn't. And it was all captured on video. Went down during game one at halftime. In Phoenix now you can see the guy who's wearing some Suns gear and he's like yelling back and forth for Westbrook and it's just awkward from hello right nobody knows what started it or the first word said just yet unclear what really ignited this encounter but it happened in this area they call it the club area and a lot of players cut through the club area to get to the visiting locker room, right? So somebody let the, bat, the birdie out the back. Hey, dog, go that way so you ain't got to go around all that stuff. All right, I'm going to hit it. But that means you are now around the fans. You are now around the casuals, as they call them, right? The ones who are sitting there sauced up in the zone. And look who just walked by. It wasn't a poster of any of these players. It was the actual physical player. So that's how it all happens. Gas meets fire in those moments. Okay, now before we dive into that, just want to tell you how Westbrook was already in his zone. Now his shot wasn't going, and that happens a lot with Westbrook. He ain't the purest of shooter, just to say that for the record. But, whoo, he was out there doing everything else. What'd he do? He had 3 of 19 shooting from the field. Excuse me. Yuck. Uh, but he was boarding. He was out there steals. He made his presence felt defensively. And remember Devin Booker shot that he went up there and said, nah, let me get that. That sealed the deal for the Clip City. All right. So they played game two on Tuesday. Now let's dive into this. We have a tug of war right now. And the tug of war is between these entitled fans and the fans who actually support and make the game. So what's happening here? When a fan spends their hard-earned money, and now let's just be real about fans. All of them aren't downtrodden, right? Everybody's not in the 500 level. Not everybody's spending their last dollar to take the family of four to the game. But they are a part of this conversation, part of the equation. But a lot of times when we talk about fans, we always want to talk about that fan. But these players don't have interactions and don't have issues with the 500 level fans. They're having these problems with the fans that are at that lower bowl, right? Those 100 level fans, those courtside fans, club level fans. And those are the fans that are entitled because not only are they spending their hard earned money, even though they have more of it, it's still hard earned but also because of that access, because somehow, some way, since they're on the same level, and I mean physical level as the players, they feel entitled like they can cross the line. How many times y'all seen players running up the court and you see a fan with his legs stretched all the way out on his phone sitting there courtside $5,000 seats? 
Y'all don't think that dude feels entitled? Or you don't think that dude feels like he's a little more important than he is in a moment? I think he is. Even if I've been that guy, that's kind of my thought process. Oh, I got my gin and juice right here. My legs is... Oh, you, you better not step on my J's when you run. You better not step on me or hit me when you die for that loose ball, etc. But when gas meets fire, it's not in those moments when the players are active, right? Fans are just going to spout off all the time. Hey, you suck. Oh, you the man. Whatever it may be. Oh, look at him. Look at LeBron. Oh, my God. Look how close you are. You like that, right? They do all of those things. But this is when it's a problem. It's a problem when you don't respect that you have paid money for theater. You have paid money for someone else to go to work. You spent your hard-earned money you got from your job to now go watch them do their job. And how in the hell do you blur that line? Oh, just because your ticket costs more than the guys up there. So once you get down there, oh man, these people act a fool. These people, and they're supposed to be, quote unquote, the creme de la creme, right? They're supposed to be the high society. They're supposed to be the one with the access, so therefore they know how to act with the access. No, no, no. I've seen it too many times. I've seen too many of those little conventions that they have, right? It's 10 of the VPs or the CEOs, and next thing you know, they pounding their Bud Lights, and all of a sudden they see somebody that they've admired or maybe is even envious of because it's one thing to be rich, and it's another thing to be rich and famous. And that's what those players are. And they see that walk by and it's always one in that mob mentality. It ain't the whole group. It's just one of them. You know who he is. He was on the intramural team in college. He studied hard. Uh, he all of a sudden started his private equity firm. He sold a couple businesses. And now he's sitting there and he's sitting on three, four hundred million. Took the jet into the game. And then he see Westbrook go by. And then he just start having flashbacks of watching Skip Bayless. And he's like, ah, West Brick, West Brick. And then his boys chuckle because nobody else stopped them. And that's how it always is, right? If somebody don't stop you the first time you do something dumb, you do something dumber, right? And his boys are sitting there like, oh, oh, oh that's good, that's good, West Brick. And, he, oh. and then finally, a man's a man, a person's a person, right? Especially when I'm at work. People forget this all the time. I know it's like the most fun job in the world. Well, actually, I think being a talk show host is more fun than actually being a player. But I digress because you got to put in different types of work to be a player versus this. Just talk and know what you're talking about. But this guy's at work. This is his job. Russell Westbrook is at halftime. He's on a lunch break, right? Would you walk up to somebody at your job on lunch break and talk shit to them? No, you would not. So I just don't get it. Just had to explain that and more importantly, translate that to your world. Because I know 98% of us don't act like that. But those two percenters who are really representing the one percenters with all that access, ooh, y'all better be lucky. Brody was at work about to talk my favorite topic and it's not just the money it's the accomplishment of your goals achieving your dreams and let's talk about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles just extended their superstar quarterback on a five-year 255 255 million 
guarantee contract extension. Now, I say guarantee because 179 of it is guaranteed. Goodness, 110 fully guaranteed at signing. Now, let's talk about this. He's also the first in Eagles history to get a no-trade clause. I'm loving that. You know why I'm loving that? Because we all know how hard it's been for Jalen Hurts to get all the love he deserved in Philadelphia. Remember, he had to go into training camp just a year ago, and they were talking about, uh, is he the starter? Is he the franchise quarterback? Well, obviously, he answered all of that. Jalen Hurts is only 24 years young and just got $255 million with a 179 guarantee. Okay, so now they got him under contract for the next six years, and it still preserves their flexibility, if you can believe it, to address other issues on the team. Deal was negotiated by Hertz's agent, and everybody who's on Instagram has seen his agent before, Nicole Lynn. Salute to her. And it's believed to be the largest contract ever completed by a female agent. Great. Love that, too. Now, since she did it, the next person that does it, the next woman that does it, we ain't going to recognize you for it because now it's expected. But congratulations to Nicole Lynn for doing it and doing it big. Jalen Hurts, man, goodness. If there's somebody you can talk about in the world of sports right now that can bring a tear to you, it should be a guy like Jalen Hurts. Not just because of what he's achieved in this moment, but of the journey, of the climb, of what he's been through. We all know, going back to his days at Alabama, watching him get benched in that national championship game and how Tua came in to save the day and how Jalen Hurts was on the journey and showed such tremendous character, even in staying in Alabama and then transferring to Oklahoma and then becoming Jalen Hurts, another version of great at Oklahoma, and then getting drafted in the second round, but still doubted, right? the guy who was behind Carson Wentz. And then all of a sudden, they were like, we got to give him a shot. Season over. Carson Wentz ain't looking like he's the future. Doesn't look like the answer. And Jalen Hurst has done nothing but address all of those issues that people had with him and exceed expectations. So what does that let me to look at Jalen Hurst as? I always said this about pro players. Bet on the workers. Bet on the workers. When you're growing up, like I was at the AAU tournament yesterday, we bet on talent. Like to get up there, you bet on the talent to get there. But when we all are there, professional athletics, the NFL, bet on the workers. And I just don't know anybody who seems to exude a higher character and works as hard as Jalen Hurts. I'm sure a lot of others out there work as hard as him, but nobody seems to outwork this guy. He has addressed every concern that they have, and his leadership is second to none, man. And it's all for us to consume on full display. Every time I watch him, I'm like, Dog, he's more mature than the coach. Like, Sirianni got to go, hey, Jalen, is this okay? And Jalen's like, yeah, I'm with that coach. Like, he is a leader, a man amongst men that they seem to all follow. And that, that didn't seem fast, but now think about this. 
He got his money. He's smiling ear to ear. And over there in Baltimore, where they got a unanimous MVP, is still sitting there waiting on his opportunity. Wow. Let's you know that in this NFL, man, it can go a million different ways because it could have went that way for Jalen Hurts. What if they would have tripled down on Carson Wentz again and just say, you know what, Jalen, you're a second rounder. We got you for the cheap. We can just play this slowly and let this just bleed out. Nah, they were, they were hesitant, but they gave Jalen his chance. And boy, did he take it and run with it. The total cash in this deal is second in NFL history, only behind the $450 million too-long-ass contract of Patrick Mahomes because he signed for a 10-year deal. But you got to respect this. And it's only second in fully guarantees behind the 230 that we saw Deshaun Watson get. Man, this dude has done it. It's inspirational. A coach's son of high character who's been knocked down a couple, a couple times in our eyes and has responded to the salute of being not only a franchise quarterback, but something that Philly fans can bet on. Man, I'm just proud of this moment because this is what sports is all about. Doing it the right way and getting exactly what you want from it. Man, let's talk about my guy, one of my favorite rappers. Yes, it is. Marinate in the corner with a chip in his phone. E-40, longtime Warriors fan, we know who he is, was ejected. Yeah, I said a fan was ejected from the Warriors game against Sacramento, and he says racial bias played a role in the incident. Let's get the facts out there so we can give our opinions. League sources said that E-40 was standing excessively throughout the game. Didn't know they had a measurement for that, but we're going to talk through this, right? Blocking the view of spectators, and one white woman was repeatedly yelling toward E-40 to sit down. Now, she's a white woman in this report because it's racial bias being claimed, correct? Not just a woman. All right, which led to a verbal back and forth between the two. King Security says they received multiple complaints. Oh, More than one person. Now, I've been a person who's been complained against so many times. Give you this quick story. Freshman year, I had 107 noise complaints in week one because I was playing my radio too damn loud. Too much Dr. Dre. You know how many people came to me and complained? One. 106 others just went straight to the RA or to the dean. Huh. So all these multiple complaints is giving me pause. Because I'm like, dog, he right there. But y'all telling security, maybe that's just proper protocol. Okay, so those multiple complaints gave E-40 a warning, security said, on Saturday night. And Warrior Security ultimately escorted him from his seat to avoid further issue. Sources close to E-40 have told people that he had never received that warning. And here's what you should also know that Earl Stevens, my guy, was injected in the fourth quarter. And you can see him on social media with the King security and fans arguing, right? You can see also players getting involved with it in the conversation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He wants the Kings to investigate, quote, the appalling conduct that transpired. All right. 
Now, let's hear it from E-40's words. He said, during the fourth quarter, I finally turned around and addressed one heckler in an assertive but polite manner. (laughs) Yet shortly thereafter, King Security approached me, assumed that I instigated the encounter and proceeded to kick me out of the arena. Unfortunately, it was yet another reminder that Despite my success and accolades as a musician and entrepreneur, facts, facts, racial bias remains prevalent. Security saw a disagreement between a black man and a white woman and immediately assumed that I was at fault. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! This is a cocktail right here. Now, all I saw was what y'all saw. Some like bird's eye view, some fly on the wall looking at E-40 getting escorted. I didn't see the heckling. I didn't see who was saying anything to E-40. I didn't see E-40 turn around politely, but assertively and say anything in response. So I'm going to start here. I know from playing football, I know from confrontations, I know from the few fights I've had that in perception, the retaliator is always the instigator. You know, like the one who responds is the one who started it. It just seems it goes that way all the time. So for E-40, the first strike against him is he had started. He responded to it. And that in perception looks like you're the one that started it. Let's start there before we get to the racial bias potentially. Somebody made a joke about it, and I just got to get this joke out because I'm about to get a little more serious. Tell him, he said, the white lady told him where to go. Tell him where to go. I was like, that is not funny, but I had to get it out. Okay, so now I'm at a game. Imagine E-40 is standing excessively, which I don't think is a thing. Tell me if y'all agree with me. I always buy my tickets with the understanding of where I sit. I'm at the mercy of the people in front of me. Do y'all? I know I do. If I'm in the third row, I'm like, row one and two, I hope they cool. I hope that they are all right. I hope that they like to sit more than stand. You know why I take notice of that? Because I'm a big dude. And every time I go to a game, I feel bad if it's a little itty bitty behind me. Matter of fact, they feel so bad, they rearrange their seats half the time. The kid can't sit behind me because he ain't going to be able to see Jack. And I'm not even standing. I'm sitting there. So I understand that dynamic. So one E40 responded to somebody, which in perception looks weird, black or white, right? Two, man, you stand in a lot and you are in the right. So, so far E40, two points, white woman, zero, (laughs) right? So now why does this flip on E40? How does he get ejected when he's done nothing wrong so far on the score sheet? Let's talk about this when she made her complaints and others made their complaints and they came to E40 the response in that moment was it racial bias and let's talk through the racial bias of it does she tell security if someone is standing excessively and they're white let's answer that let's answer that honestly because I know that I've seen white people get kicked out of arenas before, so that's not answering this. Um, I've seen white people stand and people be like, sit down. But I've also seen them stand if people haven't said, Jack, I stand at games. I got front row seats at the Chargers game. Not one person's ever said, sit down, Wiley. 
Is it because I'm famous and black? Because E-40's more famous than me. Kid me? Um, so does she tell security if it's a white guy? And more importantly, does security respond with the same level of, let's just say, curiosity, intensity, force, as if that was a white guy? Did they give E-40 a little extra hot sauce because he's black? Did they give him some extra hot sauce because he's a celebrity? Or did they take some off because he's a celebrity? Huh. What I'm trying to narrow down is the racial bias element. Because everybody who goes to a game hates the person in front of them that stands when you want to sit. That could be entitlement to her. She could be entitled because she's just basically saying, sit your ass down because I'm sitting down. But would she feel that same way if he were white? is the conversation. Ah, I wish I had an answer, y'all. But I know that E-40 certainly, certainly should win anything that comes from this, whatever should come from this. He already lost out in the moment of finishing the game there, got ejected in the fourth quarter, so little game left, but still, he was there and couldn't finish out watching that game on seats, in seats, that he paid his hard-earned money for. Ah, racial bias. Damn it. This is my verdict on this one. I don't think it was racial bias unless she says something, unless she leaked something else. Because why would you be mad at him and take it out on him because he's black when most people actually want to take it less and, and easier on E-40 because he's E-40. Like, I don't know if she knows that, but somebody in that section knew who that was. Somebody in that section like, yo, that dude courtside, dude famous. Somebody had to hip her to the game. So was it racial bias? That was a simple play, but I don't think the deep play is that. I think the deep play is people don't like people standing up in front, but they don't ever complain either. So why did she complain? My judgment is E-40, you win. Not on the grounds of racial bias, but because your ass was in front of her and she didn't get what she wanted with her entitled ass. Maybe that makes E-40 smile, but long story short, I still think he wins that one. Wow, that was a thought bubble right there because I want to say, yes, it was racial, but damn, I can need more evidence. All right, y'all, y'all know how we finish every show. We finish with a Wiley-ism. Wow, that hurts. Genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Oh, yes, Thomas Edison said that. Yes, it is. The older I get, the more I realize everybody got some great ideas, right? A lot of us got some great concepts. Yo, yo, yo. But who's going to put in the work? Who's going to really go out there and get it? Who's going to keep going when it says stop? And they like, nope, I'm running through those stop signs. That's who gets what they want, right? Because Jalen Hurts, perfect inspiration, right? Got enough talent. People questioned him, but he kept, kept going. He kept, kept working. Inspired, but more perspired. That sucker grinded and got what he wanted. Man, in this world, you can sit there in the, in the middle of the night and wake up and be like, oh, I got a great idea. But when it's time to get out the bed, that's the 99%. That's the perspiration necessary to make that light bulb moment actually light up your world. So genius is 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. That's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all 
Oh, the information on our topics today. Today, want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it. Production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. I'm Marcellus Wiley, and thanks for listening. Thanks for all the reviews, the subscriptions, the ratings, and hope y'all pump to join the membership program on YouTube. Become a Dat Dudes Dude or Dat Dudes Diva. Keep them coming. There's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.